The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, thank you for once again being with me here on Afternoons with Mike. On the line with me today is Daniel Tomlinson. Just a little bit of background from Daniel. He works with Compass Care and that is a a pregnancy center that uh, is really devoted to helping women all over uh, the, the country and throughout their area where their different offices are. Daniel is a spokesperson. He is a, a, a basically a, a person like the rest of us who cares about the, the word, cares about life, cares about these women and their children. So it, this is an important topic that just won't go away. And I'm grateful that we've got people like Daniel who are with us. So welcome to my program, sir. Thank you so much, Mike. It is a, it is a real uh, honor and privilege to be on with you. Now, you're listed as uh, uh, one site uh, would have you and your friend Jim Harden, uh, that who you work with. Uh, you guys, uh, again, are strategists for pro-life. Boy, we need a strategy, and it seems like the left is always coming at different strategies of their own to kind of attack this whole thing. And a lot of us that uh, we knew all along that when Roe versus Wade was undone, that that was not going to end the fight. It was just beginning, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, the overturning of Roe, while a a massive victory and uh, excited and celebrating, praising God for the the thousands of babies that have been saved since June 24th and that overturning, uh, the the battle is not done and and we cannot rest on our laurels uh, until every single preborn boy and girl is uh, equally protected under the law. I agree completely. Tell us a little bit about your own background, how you came into the fray, and what uh, what led you to be with Compass Care. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> I've uh, been uh, serving at Compass Care for 12 years now. Started um, soon after graduating from college, but uh, my family, uh, the family I grew up with, we've always been involved with uh, pro-life activity. Some of my earliest childhood memories is doing prayer chains outside of abortion clinics and holding signs. Um, outside of abortion clinics from from a very young age, uh, so that's kind of the the, the culture that I that I grew up in. Um, in college, uh, I my senior year of college, I began praying this prayer as I looked towards the future and what the Lord would have uh, me do with my life uh, post college. And I just kept praying, Lord, Your will, not mine. Um, you know, You send me wherever You You have me to serve. And uh, an opportunity opened up in my hometown at the time, uh, Compass Care Pregnancy Services. Um, was uh, based in is based in Rochester, New York, where I live with my wife and uh, four young children. And um, my passion um, is to see every single human being, every image bearer of God, protected. Uh, and the the weakest and most vulnerable of society are being um, eliminated in, in our state, in our nation. Uh, they're being uh, they're being killed through the the, the evil of abortion, and. Um, as I have grown in my love for the Lord, um, I've wanted to love what He loves and hate what He hates. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ loves preborn children. He loves women. Um, he loves uh, the the image bearers uh, of of God, and uh, He hates abortion. Um, I, I believe that God hates abortion. It is a, a great moral stain 
uh, on America. And we are, um, we are living in a time of the greatest injustice in the history of mankind. And I don't say that lightly. It is the greatest injustice in the history of mankind. Just in America, 65 million preborn boys and girls have been killed over the last 50 years, 49 years, with the legalization of abortion. Uh, where I live in New York State, uh, we legalized abortion three years before Roe versus Wade, and, and our government has uh, dedicated themselves to being to be remaining the abortion capital of America. Um, right. And this is where this is a this is a, a fight uh, for life. This is a fight for the protection of of God's image um, in its weakest and most vulnerable form. You know, we read about this uh, whole thing of this loss of life and the, really a loss of the care for life. That's really what it boils down to. When we read in Scripture about um, uh, the, the spirit of Moloch and uh, the, just the whole thing that happened with the birth of Jesus where uh, Herod just turns and all of the males are, are killed just uh, at the snap of a finger, we read about these things and they seem like atrocities. And then you go forward to uh, all of the Holocaust and we think that's an unthinkable time. That's, thank God that's over. But this yeah. thing that's been going on is a Holocaust of unimaginable levels. Like you said, 65 million babies aborted just in America alone since Roe versus right. Wade, 73. That's an unbelievable amount. And the 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 way people think in this day and age, it's so skewed that I get the feel, and I don't know if, if you see it this way too. I mean, the left, the, their conscience appears to be seared. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would absolutely agree. You know, the <clears throat> the the reality is is that abortion and infanticide have been with us um, since since some of the some since the very beginning. You know, the the first century Christians. Um, used to rescue um, children that left out for exposure in the garbage garbage heaps outside of Rome. And one one of the reasons that Christians were persecuted was exactly for this reason. Uh, they were shining the light on this evil that was being uh, that was taking place uh, in Rome at the time. And <clears throat> there there is uh, in every civilization throughout time, uh, you know, getting rid of the uh, you know those those that are not deemed as fully and equally human, those who are deemed as lesser than. Uh, getting rid of um, the babies with defects, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, uh, Sparta, uh, you know, basically leaving them out for the wild animals to tear apart. This is this is the story of human history, and the story of human history as well. The story of Christianity, the story story of the church, is leveraging what Christ has given us: the power, the influence, uh, the, the 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 desires um, <clears throat> to to leverage our voice on behalf of those without a voice, to leverage our power on behalf of those who have no power, to leverage our influence on those who have no influence uh, uh, in, in our society. And that's exactly why you see Christians and the church uh, at the forefront of this battle to protect preborn boys and girls. Oh, it is a battle that's been going on, like you said. It's so cool that you grew up in a culture of this battle, uh, the fight against this progressive uh, not caring about those who are image bearers of God, like you said, the most vulnerable, those that are in the womb, uh, and calling that just uh, trying to re-educate the public. And sadly, our schools are completely complicit with this, and they're going along with it, aren't they? Yes. So there is an overall, um, you know, uh, every, every, anybody who wants to take over society takes over the education system. 
You, you absolutely need to indoctrinate children in a worldview. And uh, don't get me wrong, I have four young children. I am seeking to indoctrinate them in a certain worldview. Um, I, I am seeking to teach them truth, what is really real, um, and, and, and how God has set up the world. I, I, am not, I am not teaching them that they are, um, I'm not teaching my children that they have climbed out of the primordial slime after millions of years mm -hmm. and time and chance. I'm teaching them that they, have, they were created by a loving father um, who wants uh, to be a relationship with them. Uh, and he, he created them in his image, um, which makes them invaluable. And not only makes them invaluable, but it makes their, their neighbors who don't look like them invaluable. It makes preborn children who um, are, are uh, you know, thrown, uh, thrown away in our society invaluable. Um, it makes the elderly invaluable. It makes the mentally disabled invaluable. Um, we, the, the Christian worldview says, it says that all humans are fully and equally human, all of them, and without exception. And we don't show partiality to any segment of the population or any certain uh, group and, and carve out exceptions for them and say they're, they are less than human, um, which is what we have done for the preborn child. This is the Christian worldview, and, and this, is, this is something that is, it has, has been through every fiber uh, of, of, of American way of life. All of our justice system, our education system, all, all of it used to be influenced by this Judeo-Christian ethic that says everybody is invaluable from the womb to the tomb, from the moment of conception on, and that is no longer the case. And we're, we're, we're bearing the fruit of the erosion of that, of that worldview, of that value, um, of, hum, of human value, because you cannot get human value from anywhere else but the fact that there is a God and that we're made in his image. That is the only place. That's why genocide is wrong. That's why rape is wrong. That's why incest is wrong. That's why genocide is wrong. Um, all of these different things that we uh, agree on still culturally that are wrong, like rape, they're wrong because of the value of human life, which comes from being made in the image of God. So much is lost when, when the culture begins to devalue human life. It is so, so sad to see this happening in America. It's unthinkable that it's happened, but it's been going on in America to our detriment for all of these years. And uh, now with uh, this unexpected some people i know the folks that i'm involved with in the pro-life movement in here in, in the uh, central florida area in orlando where i live uh the, the, many of them most of them i would say never expected to see roe versus wade overturned in their lifetime yet we did but like we said the fight is still on and it is uh it's actually starting to uh, maybe heat up in some different directions uh, with the whole medical abortion opportunities that are out there now, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, so there, there are so many different ways that the abortion, the, the multi-billion dollar abortion industry, and they are a, uh, a money-making business, Mike. Um, they are a multi-billion dollar abortion industry. They are animated. And uh, one of the things that pro-lifers need to understand is uh, that we, you know, as, uh, as uh, Jim Harden, Compass Care's uh, CEO, has has rightly kind of sounded the alarm that that we could lose all of our gains through this SCOTUS victory. Um, mm. You know, it's it, we we could lose all of our gains um, that were with the Roe versus Wade over uh, decision and all these different states with trigger laws and all this uh, all this type of stuff. Uh, this now is not the time to sit back and, and rest upon our victories. We're, we're grateful to God for them. Um, but, you know, just for instance, Planned Parenthood, the largest abortionist in the world, 
is spending $50 million in the uh, midterm camp- campaign coming up in 100 days or so in, in November. Yes. Um, you know, and, and they are pouring money into uh, into this into this fight. Um, and the uh, you know, while the June 24th Dobbs ruling is a pro-life victory that that was long in the making, um, we're now into a new we're now into a new phase uh, of this. And um, if, if uh, the pro-abortion politicians take control in the midterms, um, we could lose uh, a, a lot of ground um, and we could uh, what what because they're using this they're using the the Dobbs decision the SCOTUS decision to animate their base and unfortunately we're not seeing that on the pro-life side uh we're, we're just kind of sitting back and um we're, we're we want to talk about the economy well the economy is important don't get me wrong it's important but it's not as important as protecting pre-born boys and girls it's not as important as continuing uh to talk about the morality what, what it says about the morality of our society when we say that it's okay to kill babies in the womb, um, and and the, the 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 Democrats have no problem talking about abortion and using it, uh, they are using it to animate their base, to get their base, uh, to get more money, to get more voters, um, <clears throat> and to block things, uh, to block uh, uh, pro-life legislation in their state, uh, to to reverse the um, decisions in their state that says that you know you can't have an abortion after a heartbeat or um, or, or things like that. So for for the Republicans, it, we we need to be uh, we need to be talking about it. For the conservatives, we need to be talking about it. For the Christians, we need to continue to be talking about it um, because we need to be protecting uh, the equal value of every single person. This is how we should be talking about it. Let's not get into the propaganda wars of of the pro-abortion talking about you know the, the right to choice or the, the 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 very very slim number of abortions that are through rape and incest or uh, because of medical necessity. I mean, we're ta- that is that is uh, uh, less than one percent of all the abortions that are happening. We we need to talk about protecting the equal value of every single human being. Um, this is the job of government. This is the role of government. They are they are meant to be protecting their citizens, all of them right. equally. That's right. the role of government. I agree with you. Now you mentioned November, and obviously it's an important uh, election. But what do you think we can learn from the recent primaries uh, and those that will yet take place? Yeah, so, um, you know, in, in New York State, um, for instance, just recently had um, a, uh, a, you know, a, a primary where um, one of the one of, one of, one of the longstanding, uh, we actually had a special election. So this was a good kind of um, uh, bellwether. New York is a bellwether for the rest of the U.S. You know, what, what happens in, in New York, um, often it's, you know, just a few years from, from happening elsewhere in the U.S. Um, it's a bellwether state. And so um, you have you have uh, different uh, elections taking place where those uh, the, the pro-abortion politician who's pounding the fact that, uh, quote unquote, women's rights are being taken away, um, which is, you know, again, we know it's fallacious. We know that's political rhetoric. We know that's propaganda. Um, but this this is this is the rhetoric that is being used to pump up the, the, the pro-abortion base and to animate them. Um, we're seeing uh, that Republicans reticence to actually address abortion and talk about abortion and talk about the morality of abortion and um, to talk about how they're going to be protecting human life in the womb or using their influence and their 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 um, their position to protect the most uh, innocent and vulnerable citizens in their uh, uh, most innocent in, in their districts um, we're seeing we're seeing the the effects of that already 
you know, you say reticence. I'm, I, that's that's uh, I think a lot of surprise to a lot of people that the the people they think would be the opposite of the leftists, the this progressive socialist uh, approach that Democrats take. But yet you're describing now those on the Republican side of the aisle, and and it sounds like pro-lifers are not getting a lot of help out of them either. Yeah. So this is uh, Republicans want to talk about money. They want to talk about the economy. Um, and, and there's lots to talk about there. There's lots that is hitting us in the wallet. And, and that, that, you know, that, that has a certain, you know, kind of quality. And it's a fairly safe one, right? Um, it doesn't feel safe to push the, 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 um, the morality or the immorality of, of abortion and the, the pro-life cause. Um, but that is exactly what is needed. The Democrats have no problem talking about morality. You'll, you'll hear them. They're constantly talking about morality. They're, they're, they are pushing the pro-abortion agenda um, uh, more fiercely than I've ever seen in my life right now because they know they're gonna, that's how they're going to be getting more votes. Um, and, and Republicans need to remember that morality drives finances. You know, the budget is just a reflection um, of, of the morality of the people voting for it. Um, you know, a great example of, 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 of success for somebody who is staunchly protecting um, pre-born children who has, throughout her political career, been a very forthright, um, is here in New York State, actually, uh, Congresswoman uh, Claudia Tenney. Um, she's been winning while talking about, while courageously, in the abortion capital of the U.S., New York State, she's been winning by talking about pro-life issues. She's mm-hmm. most recently introduced a Pregnancy Center Defense Act uh, to increase penalties against these pro-abortion terrorists that are attacking pro-life organizations uh, like Compass Care. Um, and, uh, and she lives in the abortion capital of the U.S., and she has been, uh, her entire political career, she's been out, and before her political career, she's been outspokenly pro-life, and she continues to win, um, and she animates um, her base because of her willingness to, to stand in that gap and be courageous. It is going to take courage, isn't it? I tell you. We'll be back with Daniel in a moment. Daniel Tomlinson from Compass Care. And I'll be with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com Daniel Tomlinson is my guest today. He is uh, on the line. He's with Compass Care. It's a pro-life center. And uh, like so many pro-lifers, he recognizes what we all need to recognize. You know, Daniel, when you're talking about uh, the fact that the left is, uh, they're ramping up. There's no question about it. Uh, As we approach these midterm elections and we're already going through these primary elections, uh, the, the left is ramping up they're not just taking the loss of roe v wade and saying well i guess we can't do that anymore hardly 
they're ramping up and it's going to be all steam it's going to be all guns on deck i mean it's just going to be amazing what uh, is going to happen between now and november so if we're tired of hearing about it we just got to get untired because the fight is on right that's right and there's there are actual lives on the line you know there's so many different fights um, where the stakes aren't uh, nearly as high as this. And we can get animated about all kinds of different things. Um, we can, you know, be passionate about different things. The Lord lays different issues on our hearts. Um, but abortion isn't just another issue amongst other issues. It's not just a political issue. It's not at all. Um, it's not, it's not an it's not a economic issue. It's not, another, it's not even just another justice issue like other justice issues that we care about. Um, it is a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be human under God. This is, this is something that uh, Compass Care CEO Jim Harden has said over and over again. Abortion is not just another issue. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be human under God. And, and you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, <clears throat> the, the German theologian that was executed for, uh, for helping to uh, plot against Hitler, um, you know, he said uh, that the test of a morality of a society is how it treats its children. And uh, I, I do think that that is accurate. Um, you know, the way that uh, America has treated its children um, is, is, is uh, it's uh, barbarous. It's uncivilized. Um, we've, we've, we've sterilized and, um, you know, uh, uh, put on the veneer of, of medicine over this heinous practice of killing babies in the womb. Um, we've, we've put it into a, a sterile environment and a clinical environment and said, oh, this is okay because it's, you know, uh, because it's, it's clean, it's medical, it's scientific, and it's not at all. It's, it's, it's barbarity. It's, it's barbarous. It's, uh, it's wicked, um, and it needs to end. And the people of God, it's, it's only the church, only the church can end uh, the, both the, the supply and the demand uh, for, uh, for abortion. Uh, the demand for abortion will only go away through the actions of the church, um, preaching the gospel, seeking to transform culture, um, with the with the slow reformation uh, of of God's word and how it changes and transforms hearts. You know, I think back over the last several years of, of my awareness and my being involved to the degree that I'm involved with. Uh, it's my privilege to sit on a board for a major women's clinic, pro life clinic here in Orlando, and uh, the, the group. This group does such wonderful stuff. There are people out day in and day out. Uh, just really uh, beseeching and and appealing to these ladies as sidewalk counselors at these abortion clinics to consider an alternative. They're unsung heroes, aren't they? Amen. Yes, the 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 pro life Christians in America have done um, more for women facing unplanned pregnancy than anybody else um, anywhere. Um, I don't care what the political rhetoric, rhetoric is around how we only care about babies in the womb before they're born. Um, that, is, that is preposterous in the extreme. Um, the foster system, the adoption, um, all the, the resources available. Um, I mean, it's just incredible what these uh, pro-life service organizations are, are doing. You know, and Compass Care has three physical locations in New York, Buffalo, Rochester, and Albany with plans to continue to expand but also a uh, online telemedicine platform connecting um, with uh, women uh, considering abortion all across the U.S. and then connecting them with local pregnancy centers for the ongoing care, for the, the diagnostic treatment that they need, as well as the ongoing care and support that they need um, after they have their baby. And that, that, that telemedicine uh, platform 
uh, that we're that we're giving giving away to these pregnancy centers, helping to uh, equip them with the 21st century tools to serve women in their state, whether they live in an abortion hub state or a non-abortion hub state, uh, is the next wave in the pro-life battle. This is this is this is the strategy. This is the national strategy that, regardless of the laws, Mike. This is this is the exciting thing. This is what makes me excited. Is regardless of the laws, we want the laws to reflect truth. We want it to reflect morality. Um, but regardless of the laws, um, they won't matter if women who are facing unplanned pregnancies are being served with um, with compassion, with ethical medical care, with ongoing care and support, um, so that they can feel a confidence in their ability to have their baby. You can keep your laws. Keep your laws. Um, we're going to continue to serve women. We're going to continue to save babies. We're going to serve them with ethical medical care. We're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And we're going to see women who are going to get an abortion now that they've been given true choice, truly informed decision. Mm-hmm. They're going to step back from that cliff, and they're going to say, I could have this baby. And those that uh, chose abortion, I've never, in all my years of pastoral counseling, I never counseled any woman that was suffering, uh, that was happy that she'd had an abortion. Instead, it's been the bane of her memories. It's been the the, the difficulty of trying to get past what she did, what was yep. missed. And, you know, you think about as a country, what we've lost with those 65 million lives. Boy, the difference that those lives could have made, would have made, it's incalculable. We can't even yeah. know what they would have done. And that's what's so sad. So when we look at, at what's going on in this midterm, what do you think we can expect from uh, the pro-abortionists, from their standpoint, uh, in this midterm election? Yeah, so um, to be clear, um, uh, prior to the Roe vs. Wade decision, uh, the U.S. had some of the most extreme abortion laws in the world. Most extreme abortion laws in the world. Mm. Most of Western Europe only... a only allow abortions after the first trimester, some into the second trimester, and none of them into the third trimester. Um, here in New York State, abortion is legal right up to the moment of birth. Um, Unreal. You know, the, we in New York State, we have we have the most permissive abortion laws in the world after China and North Korea, and the only difference between us and them is that we don't force women to have abortions uh, in New York. And I and I say that with a with a caveat of yet, um, there's nothing stopping us. Um, there are there have been bills introduced um, in places like California and and, and elsewhere uh, for post-birth abortion, um, where where up up until a certain time after the baby is born, they're allowed to be uh, killed. This is the this is the kind of stuff, um, Mike. That is that is uh, that sounds like kind of a, a horror movie. Um, this has always been uh, not as this has never been about choice. This has always been about abortion. It's mm-hmm. a pro-abortion agenda. Um, it is a pro-abortion agenda. It's not a pro-choice agenda. It's not about choice because why would you have a problem with places like Compass Care remaining open and serving women if you're actually pro-choice? That's exactly why would right. You, why would you have any issue with any pro-life organization seeking to do what they want to, uh, 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 trying to help women in their hour of need? Um, but places like New York, um, here we are in the abortion capital of the U.S., uh, they're trying to shut Compass Care down. They've got uh, uh, laws on the books right now. Um, Compass Care is currently in a lawsuit against uh, Kathy Hochul around being able to hire and fire based off of pro-life beliefs. Um, there's a pregnancy center investigation bill going on. Um, I just saw right now in North Carolina, North Carolina is using the abortion ruling, the Dobbs decision, and saying that they think that it's a blessing in disguise. They're, they're using the outrage and uh, you know the quote-unquote uncertainty over uh, a, a diminished abortion access 
uh, to try to gain power in November and flip that state from, they banned abortion after 20 weeks. 20 weeks, Mike, 20 weeks. Um, that's not extreme in the least. I mean, most of Western Europe, they don't allow you abortion after uh, 12 or 14 weeks. Right. Um, and and so, they, you know, um, you know, uh, they're 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 using they're using this uh, U.S. the U.S. Supreme Court ruling um, to to basically what what they want what what Biden wants what Biden has said he wants is to codify uh, Roe um, and and make it part of part of law make it federal law so um, you know Biden was quoted as saying uh, you know the choice is clear we either elect federal senators and representatives who will codify Roe. Or Republicans will elect a House and Senate that will try to ban abortions and they survive. This is this is the this is what he is saying, um, and why and why they're pushing this pro-abortion agenda is they're they're using it to try to get uh, federal legis at the federal at the federal level. They want legislation so that um, you know the the Supreme Court has uh, you know the, the the Roe decision was judicial fiat. There was no laws on the books that they were adjudicating. Um, they were basically they created a right to abortion out of the Constitution. And uh, and um, the majority opinion that overturned that uh, rightly said that it was egregiously wrong from the very beginning. It was. It was a not only not only bad uh, law. It was certainly against the Constitution. It didn't. It was Absolutely. never included in the Constitution. And yet now we know that they are willing. They being the progressive left, uh, the Biden administration, with threats that well, what we'll do now is that we'll pack the court. Uh, greatly enlarge the court to a point that if that were to be the case and they add all these seats like four more seats to the supreme court all of course would go that would make it difficult for any any future viewpoint other than theirs to ever yeah. be voted on yeah or and, and it's, or it's really important yeah, and it's really important that as conservatives as christians that we not be lulled to sleep by the overturning of roe um, pro-abortion politicians are fired up, and um, we we need to change the conversation from talking about abortion to talking about. And this is this is not a subtle difference. This is a, this is really important that we get this right. Um, we need pro-life candidates need to start talking about abortion um, in terms of the role of government is to protect all citizens equally, especially the most vulnerable among us. Wow. You know, this 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 is the reality. Protect all citizens equally, especially the most vulnerable. It's the most vulnerable who need to be protected. Obviously, um, it's not it's those who are on the margins. It's those who have been dehumanized that that government is most uh, most um, responsible for. Our our responsibility goes up the more vulnerable a certain segment of the population is. Our responsibility goes up. You know, I, I'm more responsible for my for my two-year-old. I have to do more to care for my two-year-old than I do for my six-year-old because right. my six-year-old can do so much more. Um, and, and, and how much more for a pre-born child who, who can't even uh, call out to, to protect themselves? Wow. This is the government's job, protect all citizens equally. That is how we should be talking about the abortion problem. Um, we need to protect all citizens equally from the womb to the tomb. Well, stay with that for a moment. And what advice do you have for not only political candidates that are running for office right now, they've just gone through primaries or they will be in the next couple of days. Uh, they're going to be there. There's the rest of us out there as well. What advice can all of us be uh, receiving from you as to how we're going to handle this issue uh, come midterm? Yeah. So we need to be, we need to have um, uh, courage to speak what is actually true. 
Um, that occur and per courage begets courage, um, <clears throat> for specifically for the conservative Christian. I would I would um, I would recommend a uh, that that they that they have um, their their Christian worldview um, infiltrate every aspect of their political worldview. So um, when we when we talk about abortion. We need to talk about it not as a political issue, not as a biological issue, not as a philosophical issue, but as a theological issue. Um, the reason that preborn children are valuable and worthy of protection is the same reason you and I, Mike, are uh, right. invaluable and worthy of protection. Um, we, we see human life being attacked at the beginning of life and at the end of life all across the U.S. Um, we, we see it. Um, we've seen it in human history where the mentally, the quote unquote, mentally unfit or certain segments of the population like Jews in Nazi Germany are attacked. They're dehumanized first, they're attacked, um, uh, and, then, and then they're you know, uh, rounded up and killed. Um, there's, there's not, the only thing stopping us from going down that road or continuing down that road is um, a morality that is firmly rooted in the, in the transcendent, uh, transcendental truth that there is a God and we have been made in his image. Um, for for uh, politicians, I would, I would urge you, I would urge you to speak with courage um, uh, on the, the, for the pro-life cause. Um, you are going to galvanize your base. We need to protect your job as a politician. If you want the job of a politician, you need to protect all citizens equally, all of them, especially the most vulnerable. And so um, use your platform, use what the, the, the gifts that God has given you, and have courage. Um, the, the, again, pro-abortion politicians have no problem talking about abortion. They have no problem talking about um, all the th all the reasons why we need to make abortion legal. Uh, it's not safe, legal, and rare anymore. It's just legal. That's all. That's all that they want. They just want it legal, uh, legal all the way up through. And um, and and so um, we we need to not be ashamed of the truth. Um, abortion is not medicine. Abortion is not health care. Abortion is not good for the woman, both either physically spiritually or, or uh, psychologically, um, it is obviously not good for the preborn child. Um, there are so many things wrong with abortion, any way that you slice it, economically, um, uh, philosophically, theologically, uh, it, is, it is wrong from the, from, from the beginning to the end. You know, and what you say is so true with this chemical abortion, the horrors that go on inside the womb, inside that woman's body, uh, is now taking place without any supervision. That's uh, right. Not even an abortion doctor is there uh, doing right. this, and they're home with this horrible stuff going on. They're basically going to give uh, what will be some sort of birth, uh, stillbirth or whatever, but, but yep. their life is at stake. This is hardly, hardly yep. health care for women. Yep. Yeah. It's being touted. The chemical abortion drugs that you're talking about, is being touted as safer than Tylenol, safer than Tylenol. Oh my goodness. And it is 400%, get this, it is 400% riskier than a surgical abortion. 400% riskier oh my than goodness. a surgical abortion. This is the reality of a chemical abortion. It's a DIY, it's a chemical coat hanger is exactly what it is, Mike. It is, it is, um, it is horrific. It's absolutely horrific. And the physical damage and the psychological damage that is done to women uh, and obviously the death of the child um, you know, Encompass Care has a, uh, a platform to reach these women before they go online, buy these chemical abortions online and have them shipped to their house, to reach them before they do that, and to also serve them if they've started a chemical abortion and regret it before they complete that chemical abortion yeah. with, an, uh, with abortion pill reversal. And that, that is a, um, 
that's a, that's a that's a plan and a strategy that Compass Care has been working for quite some time and is 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 rolled out nationally to help women all across the nation who have started chemical abortion. Give us your website for Compass Care, if you will. Yeah. So for um for su- supporters, for those who are interested in learning about what Compass Care is doing, you can go to compasscarecommunity.com. Uh, that's compasscarecommunity.com. Daniel Tomlinson, thank you for being with us today on the program. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time. All right. And we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Welcome back here to Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd. I'm on the line with a member of this great healthcare sharing ministry that we've had on a number of times. Joel Noble has been here from this company. It's called Samaritan Ministries. And Cindy and I were part of this as well for about four years. On the line with me, Stephanie Davis, a member of Samaritan. And uh, she's here today not only to talk about her experience with Samaritan, but more importantly, what she's doing in something called the Miracle League Baseball League. So I'm really excited to hear about this. Welcome to my program, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to talk with you and find out yet another angle, another way that this incredible ministry uh, is reaching out through its membership. And that's exactly what's happening with you. So uh, tell us a little bit about the the background to the story as to how, A, you got involved with Samaritan and B, how you got involved with this Miracle League team. Sure, Absolutely. Um, it's been about five or more years since we've been a member of Samaritan Ministries and um, working for charity and my husband being self-employed. It was a really hectic and stressful time of the year every year when we had to renew our traditional insurance. So with premiums rising and um, all the different things that came along with being canceled and covering less things, we just got to the point where our our small business and our family couldn't afford traditional insurance. So we started looking for alternative measures. And a friend of ours shared Samaritan Ministries with us from church. And we did some research and we looked into the other organizations and we just um, really fell in love with the concept of Samaritan Ministries where basically uh, you bear the burdens of other Christian believers in healthcare sharing and um, it was quite fearful to quit the traditional insurance because, you know, you just always want to have that just in case. Um, but when we did quit and we started with Samaritans, it was a really neat experience to start receiving, you know, each month we would receive a, a name and a need and we would actually send our money directly to that individual. Um, we'd be able to pray for them, send letters of encouragement, 
and really know that our money was going directly to um, those medical bills and those needs of those, that individual member. So about two years ago, um, we got to actually submit our very own first need. Unfortunately, my son got into a horrible bike accident, and um, he was airlifted to Children's Hospital, and he did um, suffer a brain injury and mm. uh, broken bones and some nerve damage. So we spent a week there in the trauma unit at the Children's Hospital, um, and just from day one, Samaritan Ministry stepped in, and instantly, you know, we submitted our needs. They called us directly, um, prayed for us right there on the spot, um, and then actually started taking action. They started calling all of the of the companies we were working with, such as the air flight, the ambulance, the hospital. Um, we did get out of the hospital after a week, and he did start long-term therapy, and they helped us with that process. So miraculously, he's fully healed today. Um, it was it was quite a long process for him as a teenager to go through that, but today he is your typical teenager, and we're just thankful so much to God that you know he was spared in that accident, and not to mention the support that Samaritan gave us throughout those those months of need. Um, so we really got to experience both sides of Samaritan by helping someone else, and then hundreds and hundreds of people helping us and sending inspirational letters and cards and reaching out to us. We even had a family that their son had been through a similar experience and they were able to help us um, go through that process. So it's been quite a blessing for our family and we've just um, really, you know, been able to see both sides of it. You know, it's really exciting, isn't it, to get that first realization that this alternative plan that you've launched out on is Mm -hmm. actually not only working, but it's a great plan. It really does yeah. work. And to have yes, members. It was very fearful, you know, thinking, is this really going to work? Is this really going to pay? And um, they covered every penny of everything that we, you know, needed for that accident. So Isn't that it something? really did. Yeah, it really did prove to work for us. And that's uh, somehow this whole thing now uh, inspired you to begin this thing called the Miracle League. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so I've I've worked for the charity for many years, going back um, close to 20 years. But what we found was that Samaritan Ministries does allow me to continue my work with charity um, because, you know, we do need the insurance and we do need to be covered. Um, so it has inspired me to be able to continue my work with the Miracle League. And um, what we do with the Miracle League is we provide recreational and baseball opportunities for individuals with special needs. And um, our organization is nationwide. What, what my position is, is I help communities all across the country uh, build an accessible park, field, playground, all-inclusive for individuals with special needs, adults with special needs, children with special needs. And um, so the Miracle League has been a true blessing and such a um, connection with Samaritan Ministries to be able to help us continue to do that um, with a small business and a charity and to still be covered as a family. So that was actually uh, uh, something that you saw in a movie, this whole thing about Miracle League, right? Yes, actually, I saw it on Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel um, and Frank DeFord about the first original Miracle League in Atlanta, the local family, um, Conyers, Georgia, specifically uh, started it. And I saw it and just was inspired and had a love for youth sports and, and baseball and softball and 
um, just a real love for individuals with special needs and thought, you know, I grew up playing sports. It shaped me as a as an individual and as an adult. And, you know, I want to give them this opportunity as well. Now, you're from the Athens, Georgia area, right? Yes, currently that's where I do live. Oh, uh, how's the weather up there? It's been warm and rainy for a while now. So, yeah, yeah it's been no, quite a, a wet summer for us. Oh, my goodness, I know. And that does, um, that kind uh, kind of affects some of the baseball games that would be planned out there, but it doesn't it usually does. stop at all. But I know you're really uh, excited about this. Tell me a little bit more about how your involvement works in Miracle League. Sure. Um, so we have 320 Miracle Leagues in the country. So it's had substantial growth over the over the years. And um, we're just really blessed by the local communities that contact us that say we want to do this for our citizens. So we consult with them. Um, I directly consult with that community, whether it be a Parks and Rec, a YMCA, or even an individual mom and dad who want to start it for their child. And um, we typically work with the mayors, the politicians, the council be able to to make it a community event. They do raise a lot of money locally to build this inclusive park. Um, so it's it's a really incredible thing that the community comes together, um, mom and pop organizations, individuals, um, corporations come together and they raise the money to build this fully inclusive park. So from the time a family parks in the parking lots to um, get to the sidewalk, bathrooms, concessions, uh, baseball field, playground, everything is fully accessible for these families to come out and um, to have a, you know, a Saturday in the park and to have a baseball game. And what's great about the playgrounds is they're now able to come seven days a week around mm-hmm. the clock. Um, so, yeah, we've we've really morphed it into inclusive parks so that every community member can play there at all times and they can be together playing, which is really the ultimate goal of the Miracle League is to to get these kids playing alongside their siblings and friends and classmates. Now, something about it that is so amazing, a lot of the kids that take part in this are not even able to walk. They're in a wheelchair and they have that all figured out too. So tell us about this buddy system. Right. So every individual in the Miracle League um, has different abilities. You have some, you know, we have a lot of children on the spectrum with autism or sensory issues. We have kids with spina bifida or, um, you know, wheelchair or walkers. So lots of different abilities. And what we say in the Miracle League is every age and every ability is welcome to play. And uh, what we do is we match them up with a buddy. So whatever their special need is, that buddy will come in and help them play the game of baseball. So whether it's pushing a wheelchair, grounding a ball, or helping them swing the bat, running the bases, um, these buddies are there one-on-one with their players. And not just for one game. Typically, they're going to come for multiple games and try to be with that same buddy for the season so that they build that relationship beyond the baseball field. And the true success is where we've seen this go beyond the field. This is now crossing over into school. Um, These kids are being invited to sit at the lunch table with their buddies. They're now being invited to birthday parties and sleepovers with their buddies. Um, So what the Miracle League has done is broke broke that barrier that shows, um, you know, our typical kids, these are just kids. They like the same things 
that we like. They just have a little bit more obstacles to deal with. Um, so what what it's done is really changed communities and um, been able to include these individuals with disabilities into everyday life. And, you know, it's really hard to put into value, isn't it, the, the fact that these kids, um, some of which have handicaps that would would be you know that's probably the wrong they have disabilities mm-hmm. uh that would be maybe restrictive to be part of any regular league but this right. is a league that has been designed and planned mm-hmm. around that and you have mm-hmm. work workarounds for them to be a part and so it's really hard to imagine what kind of impact that has on their lives Oh, yeah. We've really seen, I mean, it's called the Miracle League for a reason. We've seen lives changed uh, drastically for the better. Um, We've seen families that have said the kids are now, um, their health is better, they're doing better in school. Um, Just all around, you know, has changed their lives. And not to mention the kids, but the parents, too, because they now have an activity for their kid to do. They get to sit on the sidelines and see them have fun doing a team sport that they never dreamed possible or sit on the bleachers with another mom that has a, an individual with a special needs and talk about things that they have in common or network or share experiences. So, um, you know, what we thought by doing the right thing, just getting these kids out in the sunshine and playing a game of baseball has really turned into many more things and changing communities, changing families, lives, and, and really bettering um, these, these kids experience growing up. What kind of impact has this had on your entire family? Oh, it's been great. Um, I started with the Miracle League before I was even married or with kids. Uh, So my husband and children have been, you know, around it 24-7, and they just love it. They, you know, support everything that I do. And um, we just have a great support group of friends and family that help us with our kids. And they understand, you know, that we're out helping bear the burden of others with with the Miracle League, and um, they've been really supportive and loved every minute of it. That's wonderful. It sounds like that's a great thing, and two great things that we've talked about today, Samaritan and this Miracle League. Stephanie, give mm-hmm. us the information that people can go if they are hearing your story and how wonderfully it worked with a son that was really seriously injured in an, a bike accident and uh, the Samaritan was there for you. Tell us how people can get in touch. Yes, please visit SamaritanMinistries.org. You can find everything out about the organization. Um, you can feel free to email me as well if you'd like a personal reference or to, to learn more about our story and our experience with Samaritan. Um, and you can find me on MiracleLeague.com. And you can find out more about the Miracle League. And you can find my uh, contact information on there as well, Stephanie at MiracleLeague.com. And then again, uh, more about Samaritan Ministries International would be SamaritanMinistries.org. This is really great. I've not heard that much at all about the Miracle League. Your story is fantastic. Thank you for what you're doing for the community and the hope you're giving people, uh, those kids that would otherwise not get to take part in a baseball league like what they're getting there. That's really wonderful. And also, again, for your words about Samaritan, what a wonderful ministry that is as well. Thank you, Stephanie, for being with us. Thank you for sharing our story. All right. God bless you. And friends, thank you so much for being with me today right here on Afternoons with Mike. We'll catch you next time here on The Shepherd. The Shepherd. 